0: Jesus said the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do come and have an encounter with the burden removing yoke destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday 10am at Solution Chapel International Barnfield Road Northgate Crawley RH10 8DS or call 01293 885000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org so Lucian Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.
1: Oh, Father, we will never know how much it cost you. We thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Father, that it cost you everything to save us. It cost you everything you had. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Tonight, as we are gathered here, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in our midst. Give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, choir. Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places. Amen. I bring you greetings from pastor tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We carry on with our assignment that we have for this season. Amen. It's an assignment. I believe it's an assignment that we have. Praise God. We are learning. We move from praying, learning about prayer. Last week, what did we learn about? Amen. Just want to see if you're concentrating. Amen. Say that again. Unleashing the power of praise. Amen. Unleashing the power of praise. What happens when we praise God? Amen. Great things happen when we praise him. Amen. So tonight we are carrying on in that same spirit of praise. We are carrying on into today's service, and I trust God that the Holy Spirit himself will minister grace to us, amen, and we will carry on and learn about him and learn about what God expects of us from praise, amen. So today, I just want us to speak about the garment of praise. The garment of praise, hallelujah. We are carrying on into our praise because we understand that when we praise God, Great things happen. When we praise him, he he subdues our enemies, amen. When we praise him, he gives us victory over our enemies, amen. So tonight we will learn about the garment of praise. What it is that it is, the garment of praise, what does it mean, amen. Going to go straight into the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us tonight and guide us as we learn about him, about what pleases him, amen. The book of Isaiah chapter 61. In verse 3. The book of Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3. Praise God. The garment of praise. Hallelujah. The Bible says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called... Trees of righteousness. Everyone says, that's me. Amen. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. This is your story. This is my story tonight. Amen. God wants to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Mourning is not just about crying for the dead. Your finances could be mourning. Your marriage could be mourning. Your friendships could be mourning. Your workplace could be mourning. So it's for everyone, every sphere of our lives, amen. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them the beauty for ashes. If life has given you ashes before, God wants to beautify you. If life has given you sadness before, God wants to beautify you. Turn those ashes into, into the oil of joy for mourning, amen. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see the cure for depression is not medicating. The spirit for depression, the, the cure for depression is not just taking medicine, 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 medicine is good under the supervision of the doctor, but there is a higher dimension when you get into praise. When you get into praise, every burden is lifted off. Amen. Amen. Every burden is lifted up as you praise God. Because when you praise God, you lose yourself. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you've been experiencing heaviness everywhere you go, in actual fact, it, it, it becomes the true pain around your neck. It's been proven that if you are stressed, most of the pain is around your neck. Why is it around your neck? Because, you know, you are, it's like you're carrying it on your shoulders. It feels physically painful when you are stressed. You feel it. That's why some people say, I've got a tension headache. Because it comes from your neck. You feel that spirit of heaviness. is like you're carrying a heavy load on your shoulders. But God wants to give you a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness that has been weighing on you day in and day out. Amen that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So God wants to glorify you, amen? He wants to make you like your father, but you have to put on that garment of praise. So today we're learning about the garment of praise, amen? The Bible says in the book of Psalms thirty four. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Psalms 34. Amen. Praise God. I will bless the Lord at what? at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalms 30 and verse 11 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. Amen. 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 You have off my sackcloth and the cloth and clothed me with gladness. Let's read it again. Thou hast turned for me my morning into dancing. Amen. Amen. Thou hast put off my what? My sackcloth and gathered me with gladness. Amen. Whatever spirit of heaviness, whatever spirit of sackcloth, you know when you are wearing sackcloth is when you, you, you have given up, you have lost something that you treasure. So you put on sackcloth. In this day and age, you, some people don't even bath when they're feeling sad. They don't take a bath. They don't go out. They stay indoors because they are feeling like they've got sick clothes. Life is not worth it. It's not worth living anymore. Amen. I just had um, um, one of my colleagues' um, brother-in-law passed away. And um, he passed away from drinking um, a lot of alcohol. And, um, the, you know, his parents passed away, and um, he moved into a new country, and the only thing that could sponge all the sadness was alcohol. So he drank, 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 and he was a chef. So you can imagine, the, the alcohol is just there. So every time he feels that bit of sadness, he will sponge on alcohol. He will take a glass of this, not realizing that he's damaging all his liver, Became damaged. A young a young man, not, not even older than 40, drank himself to a place where his liver was irre- irreparable. You know, and his liver began to deteriorate because he could not find comfort in anything. But here we are, we have God with us. Here we are, we have God that we can come to and give him our sackcloth. The Bible says, he has put off the sackcloth and gathered me with gladness. Every sackcloth, every every heavy burden in your life that has weighed over your life, God is able to take it off as long as you keep your gaze on him through praise. Amen. You see, when you praise God, you don't praise him because you have everything together. You don't praise him because you have everything working out for your good. Let me give you a scripture so we can go there and learn that you you shouldn't. It's not like we praise God because we have everything together. But we choose to praise him. We choose to praise him no matter the circumstances. No matter the circumstances. Amen. Praise God. Let's go there. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to the book of um, Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17 to 18. You know, it, it, nothing has to be together for you to know that God is with you. This, this scripture says, although the fig tree shall not blossom. I don't know whose story it is that you've done everything, but the fig tree is not blossoming. The fig tree is not giving fruit. Neither shall fruit be in thy vines. The labor of thine olive shall fail. You plant olives, the olives don't yield. And the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. You know, when the flock is a bit, you know, lean, is, is wasted, is, 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 you know, it, it, they remove it and put it aside. To say this flock is not worthy to be part of of the flock of this family. This one, there's something wrong with it. Even if the flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no head in the stalls. Let's go to, to the next verse. Yet, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even if. Let's go back to verse 17. Even if you don't see anything, even if the trees are not yielding any fruit, even if you work and sometimes you give your tithe and you you start counting what is left and it still doesn't add up, but even if neither shall fruit be in thy vines, the labor of your olive shall fail. You've tried everything, every investment you invest in, it's not yielding in, in, in good time. Every, everything becomes like hard labor. The flock shall be cut off from their fold. You've raised flock, you've raised sheep, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's dryness, there's drought in the land, there's no water, your, your flock is dying off of thirst and hunger. Everything you have labored for, you see sickness sometimes there and there, something can, can, can change the situation. This is verse 18. Amen. And there shall be no head in the stalls. You are wondering, God, where are you? Verse 18 changes the situation. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So this should be your story, no matter what the situation around you. Put on the garment of praise. Put that garment on. You know, when you put a garment, it's, it's by choice. You can choose not to put it on or you choose not to put it on. Amen. But choose to put on the garment. Change the situation by your praise. Change it. If, if, if doubt begins to creep into your mind, change it and say, God, you are more than enough. You are God who is able. You can change the situation. I will praise you at all times. Amen. Praise God. So in the beginning, God created us as as human beings, but in heaven, there were angelic beings. And we know the story of Lucifer, that Lucifer used to be an angel in heaven. The book of Isaiah chapter 14, 14 tells us that what happened to him. When he was worshiping, um, you know, God would be so blessed. The angels, you know, he'll be like the one wearing a, a, a crown and, and singing and his garment was shining. But one thing disturbed all of that. He said, once he saw that, oh, God loves my worship. God is enjoying this. God is loving my praise. God is enjoying me worship. I'm singing and everything is in order. Every chord, I strike every chord and and the rhythm, God loves it. He says, I'm sure I can do better than this. And he said to himself, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Pride sets in. So this is very important, especially to the choir, That when we stand here to minister before God's people, the garment that we wear is not our garment. The garment that we put on when we praise and worship is not our garment. So when people see us ministering so powerful, they are clapping, they are clapping and say, Oh wow, today you were so powerful. The garment that you wore was not yours. We must always remember that because Satan, that, that's what led him to the fall. He says, I will ascend above the heights of clouds. I will be like the most high God. And he thought, oh wow, I have arrived so I can be even above God. But when we stand here in the platform, it's easy to think that I can, I can take everyone to heaven now. I can lead them to worship, but forgetting that the, word, the, the garment that we have, is not our garment; is the garment of Christ, is His garment of righteousness that He has given us. That when people see us, it's the reflection of His glory they should see. Not they should not even see us. They should not even see us. They should see the reflection of who of God who are, we are in contact with. Amen. So when you put on that robe, one thing we must be careful of is when we have ministered under that garment. We should give him the praise, Amen. Amen. We should return all the praise back to him, Amen. Lord. Praise God. So in the in the back in the garden, the Bible says in in Genesis chapter three and verse twenty one, and the Lord God made the garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So this is after they have sinned. So now God wants thinking of a redemption plan for them. How am I going to redeem them? Now they were naked, and now they realize they were naked. So now I need to clothe them. And Adam, and also to his wife, did God make a coat of skin and clothe them? Some versions say, he made a garment of skin and clothed them. So this garment was made of skin. That tells me that this garment was taken from an animal. If it was made of skin, it was a cow that they sacrificed and the cow was dry. You know, back at home, they dry the, 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 the skin of the cow and they can make leather bags. They can make anything out of the skin of the animal that they, they have killed from the animal. So God clothed them with with the skin of that animal. And I believe there was bloodshed when God was, you know, was sacrificing this cow so he can, he can cover them. You see, God was preparing us that the garment that we were about to wear when we give our lives to Christ is not made out of the, the skin of an animal. It's not made out of the blood of an animal. It's not made out of a goat, out of a cow, out of a sheep. It is made from the blood of his own son. The garment that we are wearing is so expensive. No one, can, no one can pay a price for it. No one can pay the price for it. Because it's made, the blood of Jesus had to be shed for us to be able to put on this garment. So that's why when we put on this garment, we need to really focus our gaze on him. To say, God, thank you for this garment. Father, thank you for this garment that you have clothed me with. I was not worthy. I was not worthy that you would put this garment, that you will kill your son. So that I will be clothed. So you can never walk naked. When you are clothed in Christ, you can never walk in shame. You can never walk in shame. You can never walk with your head bowed down. Because God sacrificed his son. The blood was shed in Calvary so that you and I, our nakedness will be clothed. I don't know what thing that when we discuss about it, when you tell somebody, they will think you are very naked because this thing is, is, is really, you know, embarrassing. This thing that you did is really shameful. But you see what Christ did for us? He covered us. He took his own, the, his own blood of his son and he made a garment for us. He said, My son will have to die for you to be able to put on this garment. You see, when you put on this garment, no one can see your nakedness. You know, your shame has been covered away, your shame has been moved away. Everyone, when they see you, they should see Christ. Amen. Crucified in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So look what happened in 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 when Jesus was was dying on the cross. The Bible says in Psalms 22 and verse 18 praise God. This is what they did with his garment. You see Christ was going along to a place where he was going to be crucified. And they were eyeing him to see what manner of man is this. They were eyeing him seeing What manner of man is Jesus? So the Bible says, they part my garment among them. This is Jesus' garment. And they cast lots upon my vesture. Amen. Amen. They divided his garments when they were stripping him of kingship. They thought if they took his garment away, that would finish him. His kingship will be gone. Look what they did to him in Matthew chapter 27 and verse from 27 to 37. On his way, he was carrying the cross and they had to ridicule him. The Bible says, you know, they made fun of him. They spat at him just for me and just for you. They were spitting on him. They thought if they took his glove, they would strip him of his royalty, but they were wrong. Amen. Verse 27, Matthew 27, 27, the Bible says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. Amen. Let's go on, 28. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet rope. Watch this out. When they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and reed in his right hand and they bowed their knee before him. They were mocking him here. You know, the reed of thorns. They were saying he is the king of Jews, but they made a, 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 a crown out of thorns. They made a crown out of thorns just to mock him. This is what Christ did for us. If, if we forget anything, this is what... They did. They made him a garment, a red garment. And then they crowned him with thorns, mocking him, saying, Hail, the king of the Jews. And they spit upon him. And they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him. Remember, they gave him a scarlet robe saying, oh, his royalty, but we will crown him with thorns. They took the robe off from him and put his own robe, his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Praise God. Amen. Let's let's carry on. And as they came out, they found a man of serenity, Simon, by his name. Him, they compelled him to bear the cross. This man was from Africa somewhere. Simon of Saran. And when they come unto the place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, that's where they were going to crucify him. They gave him vinegar to drink and mingled the gall. And when he had tasted off, he would not drink. Because he knew it was vinegar. And they crucified him. Look at this. And then they parted his garments. They still took his garments. Because they knew he is the king of kings. They were denying, 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 denying. After they put on back his clothes, they took his clothes, casting lots with them, saying, who wants this? These are the clothes of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Not knowing that these are royal clothes. They were royal clothes, but to them, they meant nothing. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, they parted my garments. The scripture we read in Psalms 22, among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. So they stripped him of his clothes. Thinking when you strip him of his clothes, you are making him naked. But the Bible says he was made naked so that we may be clothed. They didn't know there was an exchange happening. They didn't know there was an exchange happening. They stripped him of his clothes so that we may be clothed with a garment of righteousness. So every time we are clothed with righteousness, we are clothed with a garment of praise. We should remember where it comes from. He was stripped of his clothes. Number one, they joked with him and gave him a red coat. So that, oh, you are the king, isn't it? So dance, dance, you are the king. We'll make you a crown of thorns just to mock him. Not knowing that there's a crown in heaven that was waiting for him anyway. Their crown of thorns, didn't, it didn't really matter. Their mockery didn't really matter. What mattered was what God had already said about them. So what matters is what God has already said about you. The life can mock you, situations can mock you, the banks can mock you, the lawyers can mock you, you know, wherever you go, somebody might just say a statement that puts you off and you think, oh, but I'm a child of God, it's a mockery, it's a mockery, you need to, to wake up and realize that life is mocking me, Jesus was already mocked so that I will not be mocked, Jesus was made naked so that I won't be made naked. I am clothed in the garment of righteousness. Therefore, I praise you, Lord. Amen. The same thing happened in the book of Genesis chapter 37 about Joseph. A garment has significance because this is your identity. So if they strip you off your garment like they did with Jesus, taking off his garment, they think they've taken a part of you, but they didn't know that a royal robe was waiting for him in heaven. So Joseph, what happened to Joseph? In Genesis 37 and verse 3, the Bible says, And now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. It's not the story of Solution family. We love all our children equally. Amen. But now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children. Because he was the son of his old age. He was a miracle baby. So he loved him. It's okay to love your miracle baby. Amen. It's okay when God has given you a miracle to to thank God for the miracle. So Joseph loved Joseph. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. And he made him what a coat of many colors. To extinguish Joseph. To say this is my beloved son. Of whom I love. So he made him a coat of many colors. We all know the story of Joseph. His brother were envious of him. Every time he puts on this coat, they think, who does Joseph think he is? Who is Joseph? That daddy will make him a coat of many colors and not make any of us that coat of many colors. So they envied him. They started plotting. How can we? Get to Joseph. How can we kill Joseph? How can we get rid of him and his dreams? Plus he, he had a coat and he had dreams. And he dreamt that they were all under him. So that dream was even worse. That dream was even worse. So the Bible says, And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. So they were roughing him up, come on Joseph, you know, get out of here. We don't want to speak to you. Joseph, oh no, you know, dad loves you more, so, you know, just sit there by yourself. And they ganged up against him. Story cut short, they went away to look after their father's sheep, and they sold him. Anyway, they dug him in the pits first before they sold him. They dug him in the pit before they sold him. You can imagine if they closed that pit with him alive and pretend as if nothing ever happened. Anyway, they they decided, no, it's not a good plan. They saw some people from Egypt passing and they said, let's sell him. Let's sell him for money so we can get money. Oh, money. This is why, you see when it comes to that, you're selling your own family for money. This is where the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is sweet. But when you're going to exchange your family member for money, then it becomes the root of all evil. Amen. So anyway, to cut the story short, put him in the pit and decided, no, we won't do that. Sold him into slavery. And they bought him. And what they did, they took the coat of many colors and killed an animal and dipped his coat in the blood and took it back to his father. So when his father saw the coat, he thought, I'm finished. My beloved son is gone. My beloved son is dead. And they told him, sorry, we found the coat. Here is the coat that belongs to your son, your loved son. You can imagine on their faces, giving it to his dad. Oh, his dad rent his clothes and he moaned and thought, oh, my son is dead. I am finished. The son, my miracle child, the one I've been believing God for in my, in my old age. And now he's gone. Not knowing that, you see, the coat that you wear, the clothes that, that you wear don't really Give you a meaning. It's the clothes that Christ put on you that gives you your identity. They can take your car. They can take your clothes. They can take the house. They can take your job. They can take everything. If they just leave you with Christ, you you will go and do it over and over again. You will go and reproduce those things over and over again. You will go, you know, a story is, 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 it's known that a a millionaire, if you give a millionaire, if they go bankrupt, if a millionaire goes bankrupt today, it's fine. Because they are able the next year, give them a year, they're in the same place again, they're a millionaire again. Why? Because they have a secret that has worked and that can still work to make the millions they've lost. The same thing if you have Christ. No matter what you take from me. No matter what you take from you. Take everything. Take everything. But don't take Christ away from us. As believers, Christ should be the center of our life. If anybody takes Christ away from you, then you are indeed bankrupt in your spirit. But if you have Christ, you are able to do the things. Go back to him Praise him. Praise yourself out of that situation. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask or imagine. Amen. 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 So back to Joseph, they took his coat thinking they've taken his identity. Not knowing that his identity is in Christ. They can take your coat. So he went from the pit and then he went to work for Potiphar. In the palace there. And then Potiphar has to tweet the story. Change the story. Potiphar's wife. And he has to be sent where? To the prison. And from the prison, he is waiting there for a miracle to happen. And God being God. You see the promises over your life will surely come to pass. Whatever God has promised you. It doesn't matter your path, the highs, the lows, the valleys, you know, the straight paths that you go to. You know, whether you get lost along the way, you find your way. But the word of God concerning your life will surely come to pass. God is not a man that he should lie. Has he spoken it? Will he not cause it to come to pass? Whatever he has spoken will surely come to pass. So he went from where? He went from the pit. He went to Potiphar's house. He went now to the prison. And it took God for them to remember him from interpreting the gifts, from interpreting the dreams in the prison that then Pharaoh called out for him. And after that, we know he became what? The prime minister. So where did he go from the pit? To Potiphar's house. To prison. And became the prime minister. Yet, the promise was still there from the time they stripped him off his garment till he became the prime minister. But he went through the troughs, the peaks of life. He went through the peaks, the troughs of life. And God was taking him, strengthening him, preparing him, you know, before he released him to 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 be a prime minister. So whatever you are going through, it's all part of the plan. Whatever you are going through is all part of the plan. It might not have the peace, the the Potiphar's house, prison, prime minister, but it has your own initials around it. I don't know where you've gone past so that God will take you to, to be where you are meant to be. But hold on strong because whatever God has spoken, it will surely come to pass. If he said you are blessed, you are surely blessed indeed. If he said you will prosper, you will prosper indeed. No matter where you are. He went through the valleys of life. In the pit, God was still God. Nothing changed at all. In the valley of life, God is still there with you. Even if you doubt him, God, are you still here? I can't, I can't feel you. I can't hear you. I can't see you. He is still there with you. What does Psalm 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does it say? The next verse. He, amen. The Lord is my shepherd. He leaded me beside the still waters. Amen. You need the still waters. You need the still waters so that you can hear him clearly. What does he do? He restores my soul. He leaded me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. The path he is leading you, it might seem like a narrow path. It's not a wide one where everyone is going in, out, in, in. It, it's a narrow one. You think you are on your own in this narrow path. You are looking and thinking, "Why is everyone else? Why am I alone on this path? He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, so that he can get the glory out of it. Let's read verse four, amen. Yeah, oh yes. Oh yeah, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. Huh? I shall fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Sometimes you have to wake yourself and say, I will fear no evil. Fear no evil. Yet though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of there, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Amen. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is where you see when you get in, In a place like this, you need the word 24-7. You get in the car, you put on the word. You get in the car, you put on your garment of praise. You just begin to praise him. You just begin to praise him because sometimes you can't even say a word. Just praise him. Praise him. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him when the sun goes down. Just praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. David said, I I praise God seven times a day. But for you, let it be a continuous praise. Let it be a continuous praise. Praise Him. Praise Him. Yeah, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, is, is it your job? Is it being threatened? Is it your finances? Is it your children? Is it your family? You know, you you feel like you're walking through a shadow. Things are just crumbling, you know, before your eyes. Hold on strong because he says, I'm with you. I am with you. My rod and my staff, they will comfort you. I love that one. My rod and my staff will comfort you. You see, it was the rod of God. When the children of Israel were about to cross the Red Sea, he said to, to Moses, lift up the rod, the staff that is in your hand. This is your miracle. Lift it up. Lift it up. Just li- The rod is his word. Just lift your staff up. Lift your staff up. Lift your staff up and the rod is in the hand. When you lift your hands and praise him, when you lift your hands and praise him, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Amen, amen, amen. Surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. You see, when we say the grace at the end of the service, we are declaring surely as you leave this place, as you leave this place, goodness and mercy is coming with you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Where you stop, goodness and mercy stops. Where you move, goodness and mercy, they are coming with you. Amen. They are coming with you. Everywhere you go, goodness and mercy will follow you. All the, it's not just today. It's not just only tomorrow. It's only not in 10 days time. No, no, no. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So in the morning you wake up, goodness, mercy, let's go. Goodness, mercy, let's go. Follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. You see, praise is just knowing what God has said. And declaring it. And dancing on it. And say, God, thank you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will forever dwell in the house of the Lord. So when God gives you a miracle, don't leave his house. Because that's where you got the miracle. Don't leave. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. When goodness and mercy has followed you and you have come back to testify, to say, surely goodness and mercy has followed me. All the days of my life, I have come to give him a testimony. I will dwell in the house of the Lord because his goodness is in here. His goodness is in our midst. Amen. His goodness is in our midst. Hallelujah. The book of Revelation 16 and 15 says, As we prepare to close. Amen. Amen. 16 and 15. The Bible says, Behold, I come as a thief. This is Jesus. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments lest he walks naked and they see his shame. Oh, wow. This is Jesus. Revelation, you know, it's, when Jesus comes, he says, I'm coming, I'm coming as a word, As a thief. The Bible says, a wife will be sleeping and a husband. If one is wearing the garment and one is not wearing the garment, it will determine who goes, who stays. I come as a thief. And some version says, I come as a thief at night. (laughs) When everyone is sleeping because you're unaware. Even the enemy sows tears at night. Even Jesus says, I will come as a thief. Blessed is he who watcheth and keepeth his garment. so we need to hold on to our garment of righteousness. Let nothing spoil it. Hold on to your, let nothing spoil it. Every day, check your life out. God, I'm thankful, I'm grateful. Help me on this path. This is a narrow path. We Remember we learned it's a narrow path because it's easy to take a path that is bigger where everyone is going. Do what everyone is doing. Do what every church member is now doing, which is not godly do what everyone in the world is doing even if it's not godly but choose a path a narrow path so that when he comes like a thief he will find you wearing the garment you don't want to be found naked amen <laughs> you don't want to be found naked You want Jesus to find you with the clothes of righteousness. Fully clothed, ready for action. If he says, let's go, you say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. He comes like a thief. Let's look at um, a case study in Matthew 22. Praise God. Matthew chapter 22. This was at a wedding, you know. That we are the bride of Christ. Amen? Praise God. And Jesus answered them and spoke unto them again by a parable. And he said, verse 2 The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Who is this king, you think? It's God. He made a marriage for his son. Amen. Remember Christ is the bridegroom. And we are the the bride of Christ. So remember that at the back of as we read the scripture. Amen. So the kingdom is like a certain king, which is God, which made a marriage for his son. Amen. And he sent forth his servants and called them, that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. So he made an announcement, on this day I'm getting married. And the ones who are invited in the wedding will not come. They have excuses. And he sent forth other seven, saying, tell them they are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings, and kill, and are killed and all the things are ready, come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and they went their ways. One to his farm, and another to his business, to his merchandise. Amen? Seven. But when the king heard thereof, so everyone was invited. They made excuses like, sorry, I cannot come because I'm looking after this. Sorry, I cannot come because I'm doing this. Sorry, I cannot come because my business needs me. Sorry, I cannot come because I'm the only me- person in the, in, in, in who can work today. Sorry, I cannot come to the wedding. But when the king heard that he was wroth. He was very angry. Can you imagine? You have killed your best. There's a speed roast on the fire. There is food prepared. Catering company is ready with food all over. The deco is to the point. The music is set. There are no guests. What a wedding. When the king heard thereof, he was wroth and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. <laughs> Amen. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready. But they were bidding were not worthy. Those who were bidding were not worthy. So those who were invited were not worthy. So let's go to verse 10. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Everyone come to this wedding. Now we just want the guest numbers. We invited 200. Go and just get anyone you find along the way. Bring them into this wedding. And the wedding was finished, amen. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not a wedding garment. Why would you go to a wedding without a wedding garment? I mean, people these days, they tell you, it's the dress code of the wedding. Or you even know, when you go to a wedding, you don't dress like you're going to the gym. When you go to the wedding, you don't dress like you're going to play trampoline. When you go to the wedding, you make an extra effort. So the garment you put to the wedding is important. Amen. Let's go on. And he said unto them, friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. He didn't have a wedding garment. It's like telling a bride to say, the bride is your day. It's your wedding day today. The groom is waiting. And the bride comes wearing trainers. Wearing the wrong garment. You expect the bride to come in a nice, beautiful dress, white, with diamond hair with a long trail, carrying flowers, but they just came casually. Then said the king to the servants, bind him, (laughs) hand and foot, not just bind him, hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, for many are called, but few are chosen. Hallelujah. For not wearing the right garment, they will bind them hand and foot, cast them into the lake of fire. May this not be our story. That we will be found not wearing the right garment. If Jesus comes, will he find us with a garment of clubbing? Yet we are believers. If he finds us with a garment of pride, yet we are believers. With a garment of self certainness, yet we are believers. With a garment of lying. Yet we are believers. For many are called, but few are chosen. And those who are chosen are the ones who didn't take lightly what the dress code of the wedding was. Because if you come to a wedding dressed inappropriately, you become the center of attraction. Who should be the center of attraction on a wedding day? The bride and the groom. If you come haphazardly, sweating all over, you've just walked in into a wedding, everyone will think, who is she? Wrong apparel, in a a good place, but wrong apparel. The same, Jesus invited them. They were busy doing their own thing. Today, you are blessed because you are not busy for Jesus. You decided to come. I don't know what your schedule is, I'm sure. You could have found something to do tonight. Given the chance, you could have found something to do today. And I'm sure you are tired. And I'm sure some of you went to work today. And I'm sure some of you worked long hours today. And I'm sure some of you had difficult customers today. Some had difficult patients today. But you chose to come. You chose to come to work on your garment To work on your garment. So when he appears, he will see you. The sacrifice, he sees it. He sees the sacrifice. He sees everything you have sacrificed to come here today. Some have left children at home with a carer or with somebody to look after them so you can be here. So you can hear the word of God. So you can serve God. So all these things are not in vain. But when he comes, he must find us wearing that garment. You see that garment, when you're wearing it, praise automatically begins to to flow. To flow from that garment. You see, when the children of Israel saw Moses coming from the mountain after speaking to God in Mount Sinai, they could not even look at Moses. He had to cover his face. With a veil. Because he has spent long enough in the presence of God. For the glory of God was all over him. What well, They could not even look at him. They thought, what happened to Moses? He's different. This should be our story. The more we spend time in his presence. Praising him. Thanking him. You see, once you begin to praise, your problems go away. Whatever you have, praise God about it. Say, Lord. I know you've already worked a way out out of this. I don't know how, but now I choose to praise you because, you know, I'm not a miracle-working person. You are a miracle-working God. When you begin to praise, that garment begins to shine brighter because you connect with God. When his praises go up, his presence comes down. He comes down in that situation, and he begins to do awesome and mighty things in your midst. Amen. The same With Esther, Esther knew that if I have to come into the presence of the king, Esther chapter 5, verse 1 if I have to come into the presence of the king, I cannot just come haphazardly and just rock up and say, King, you come, you put on your royal robe. Because the royal robe, remember, is not ours. Is what Christ did for us. It qualifies us to come into the presence of the Lord. No condemnation has that a place in there. And so it was when the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight. Amen. And the king held out the scepter towards Queen Esther. And gave him acceptance. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. God wants you to touch his presence. But it is the garment. It's verse 1, I think, the garment. Where it shows us that he had to wear his royal apparel. There we go. It came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel. Her royal garment. Her royal clothes. Her royal garments that she put on. Because she knew if I go in my own strength, I'm not able to do this. I'm not able to do this. But if I put on the royal apparel, the priestly clothes that represent what Jesus did for me, if I decide to put them on, I qualify. Otherwise, I didn't qualify. But once I put what Jesus did, Remember, they stripped his clothes so that me, I can wear the royal apparel. I can put it on and say, Christ did this for me. He died for me. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I was healed. Therefore, thank you, Lord, for what you did. Thank you that I can come boldly into the throne room of grace. Like Queen Esther did. He put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court. And when she touched the scepter of the king, do you know what the king said in verse, in verse number three? I believe. Then the king said unto her, What will thou, Queen Esther? What do you want? i put your name there. What do you want? Ask yourself. The king is asking you, what do you want Queen Eunice? What is your request? Can you imagine a blank check? What would you ask for? I'm sure you're lost for words. You don't know where to start. What is your request? Even if you ask me up to half my kingdom, I will give it to you. Hallelujah. Through putting on what? The right royal apparel. We have a royal apparel. The garment of praise for mourning. Hallelujah. As we close, I'll go back to Psalms to Isaiah chapter 60, where we started. I think 61. Quickly as we round up. Amen. To so comfort them who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. Be comforted tonight because of what Christ did for us. To give them beautiful ashes, the oil of gladness. Hallelujah. Amen. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness. Amen. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Psalm Isaiah 61. Amen. Verse 4. Interesting enough, look what happens when you have praised. After you've put on this garment of praise. Hallelujah. A few things happen. Number one, in verse four. The Bible says they shall build the old waste. Your old waste places are being built tonight. Hallelujah. They shall raise up their former desolations whatever has been deserted in your life God is raising it up through praise God is raising every desolated area through praise tonight in Jesus name the Bible says they shall repair the waste cities whatever waste you have incurred in your life whether intentional or unintentional God is repairing it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus the desolations of many generations Not just of your own generation, but of many generations. Any desolation of many generations through the spirit of praise, God is reversing, God is repairing it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And verse 5. Hallelujah. And strangers, listen to this, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Hallelujah. Imagine it. Strangers will stand and begin to feed your sheep, feed your cattle, feed everything, feed your children, feed everyone. Strangers will begin to stand and feed your children and feed your vision and feed whatever you are desiring God to do. Strangers will stand and feed them. Strangers, somebody you don't know will will just come to you and say, "I, I decided to bless you today strangers somebody you've never seen before through the garment of praise strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen whatever you, you the garden you want to plant the vineyard you want to have the child char- sons of the alien sons you know what sons of the alien mean even the sons of the enemy will become your plowmen and your wine, your vine dressers. They will be your vine dressers, they'll be the one building you that house. They'll be the ones working in your garden. The sons of the alien will be your plowmen and your wine, and your vine dressers. You will sit and you'll watch them work. Amen. And verse 6, let's do it quick so we can close. Amen. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Just through wearing the garment of praise, I am the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God. Hallelujah. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Oh, your amen is too weak. Your amen is too weak. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Amen. Amen. And in their glory, you shall boast yourself. Amen. Praise God. Let's go on. For your shame, you shall have double. Hallelujah. For your shame, you will have double. Whatever caused you shame, God will bless you double. When it comes to you, it should be double blessings. That's what it means. And for your confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double the everlasting joy shall be unto them the everlasting joy shall be unto solution the everlasting joy shall be unto solution Chapel international hallelujah 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 Oh, put on your garment of praise and stand up. Put on your garment of praise and stand up and begin to praise the most high God. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy to be glorified. He is worthy to be lifted on high. Father, we thank you for the garment of praise tonight. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Lord. Oh, for every spirit of heaviness we thank you for the garment of praise. Father, we all oh, begin to thank God. Begin to thank God for what He's
0: doing through praise. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH108DS or call 1293 885000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.